Boss, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. Like like I said, I'm super interested in what you guys do in the gym and and what you do in, in your role. Like it's it's cool as shit, man, getting more people involved. And <laughs> let's just try and uh move this thing that we call a body and and help people's minds uh, at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. This is fun because I'm normally interviewing of someone else. So <laughs> this this will be a fun little flip flip of the script script for me. Uh, it's not an interview, man. Don't 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 think I'm not I'm not good at it. You know what yeah. I mean? I just talk <laughs> shit. Like I got no questions. We just navigate this thing together. You know, over Love coffee. It. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, man. So talk talk to me about this gym. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm a member of the Reload community here, and Reload um, started with uh, Dr. Ryan Chow. Uh, he's like our head physical therapist. And where it started was that he was a trainer, became a physical therapist, and then realized that because the healthcare system here is so messed up, he was giving more value as a trainer than as a PT in a mill. You know, that's what we call, you know, a PT mill when people just come in and, and, you know, kind of just no one's really seen for who they are and and what needs to be done. So from there, he created this amazing team and we're located in New York City, right on Fifth Avenue. And we are a team of physical therapists. Uh, I'm an occupational therapist. We have strength and conditioning coaches, personal trainers. And yeah, we have a really cool system here of some people start seeing us from more of the rehab side and the rehab funnel. And over time, they're integrated into the community and start training more because really rehab and training is all just one continuum. And we have other people that see us from more of the fitness side and they have more fitness related goals. But being in this community, if ever something ever started to hurt or they have some kind of setback, we have an amazing team of clinicians here. So everyone's really supported in moving and moving well and moving often and yeah, that's really what we're doing here. I love that so much, mate, because usually, you know, we we find them completely separated. You know, it's like, oh, go to the gym if you can be asked and you got the discipline to get yourself there. And then if you get hurt, good luck. You know, go right. see somebody. And no, coach, you have somebody in your back pocket. No, I don't really know many people. Maybe I know like a family friend and that's about it, right? It might be one mm-hmm. physio, one chiro, one massage therapist you know, that might not solve the issue. We might need to go so see a different one. They don't they don't have one, right? And yeah. I've always been speaking to different coaches and uh, the group back home in the UK, we would always speak about a referral program. Mm. Do we know our local GP practice? Do we know our local physio? Do we know our local caro? Do we know our local PT? You know, and just trying to create that circle of, knowledgeable folk let's be honest like everybody's good Mm -hmm. at what they do that's the reason why we've got a job right Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah like some people get banged up you know and sometimes people come to you like really banged up you know and us us coaches on the floor like we just see like a conveyor belt of people which is unbelievable it's great but sometimes people are going to come to you with an issue that we're not qualified to do anything about as i coach like um you know, I got this thing, like it's called a tumor. What do you think I should do with it? It's like, fuck, what are you doing, dude? Like, right. why are you in the gym? Go see a doctor. Like, I'm not <laughs> right. I'm not the guy to, to talk to about that, you know? Or something yeah. s- silly of like, oh, my ankle hurts. Yeah, okay, we can we can work around things. 
Right. But we don't have that piece of paper. We didn't spend years in school. It's not our niche. It's not mm -hmm. losing a client or a paying member or an athlete if we mm -hmm. refer. And that's why I love the whole thing of, hey, let's come under one roof. Let's yeah. let's all help each other out now because it keeps people in the environment. You know, I'm bouncing from one room to the next, but I'm not bouncing from building the building. Right. Yeah. And it also keeps the quality of our service high because if I have any question whatsoever, I can go to so many people to help me find the answer. So if somebody comes to me and I'm seeing a red flag here, yeah. you know, we could get someone else involved in the conversation to make that referral. Um, so it, it really helps people feel more safe in their and in, in their healing and whatever's coming up because pain and injury, it's all so complex. It's never just yeah. one thing. So if we treat it at a community level, we are better able to help somebody. Mm -hmm. What barriers do you find with, with members coming into your gym? Mm. Is it a psychological? Is it a physiological? Is it a bit of both? Is it the community? Is it like a stigma that's, it's already around in your local community. What, what, yeah. what type of barriers do you usually see? Yeah. So we exist because there are so many barriers, especially in America. So, so when I started, um, I started as an occupational therapist and I worked in skilled nursing facilities in hospitals in outpatient hand therapy. I worked in schools and the system that people we're trying to be helped in was just so broken and everyone had to jump through hoops in order to get help. And it seemed like the help you provide was more about following protocols and may and documenting things versus actually helping the human soul in front of you. And it made me so frustrated and it made me really upset that I spent so much time of my life devoting myself to what I was learning. And then I was plopped in this system that didn't work. And when I found everyone here at Reload, I, it gave me a, a second spark to my passions because I was like, okay, these are people that care as much as me. We could actually make a difference. So what we try to do at Reload is nick those barriers in the butt right from the start. So when someone comes here, they first, we have an amazing client care team. So from the second somebody is inquiring, they are being interviewed, they are being set up who personality wise, we think is best with that person, they are being interviewed on the phone, before they even step through the door. Then from there, we take about two hours with people in our first assessments and initial evaluations, just to listen to them. Because one of the major barriers is in America is time. You know, you go into these doctor's office and the average amount, I think, I, don't, I think it's like something crazy, like seven or 11 seconds seven. before the doctor inter, inter, interrupts you. Right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And no one can just get their story out. So we're all trained in motivational interviewing and um, as an occupational therapist, we call building an occupational profile where we want to listen to your hopes, your dreams, your past, your present, what you want from the future, everything. So we take that time out to really listen to someone before we even see them move. We want to learn as much as they want to share what, you know, what is on your heart, mind and soul today? What do you expect out of our session today? Because a big part of the barriers, too, is sometimes people come in and they do want to come in often. Other times people come in and they want more of a consult. Sometimes people come in and they want to come in once and they just want to plan. So that from the beginning, we can listen to what they are expecting. Mm -hmm. 
it can help me in our relationship be like, okay, well, let's make sure you leave with that plan. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if you're coming here all the time, if that doesn't work out for you, what matters is that I give you the best service and the time we have together now. I mean, of course I would love to see everyone all the time, but that's just not how it works because I mean, it's expensive healthcare. Sometimes people can't afford it. So we would rather make sure from the beginning, we have a very open conversation about like the, the expectations and the, and, and what you want out of your experience here. So we really try to, right from the beginning, handle those barriers. Now, from there, you can't control everything, even in a perfect world. So things still come up. Sometimes schedules are hectic and people can't be consistent. Price is always and will always be a barrier. It's unfortunate how expensive healthcare is, but that's just the way it is. Um, but we really, really try to get ahead of things and work with people to if price is a problem, try to do like small group training. We have many clubs that we've created here to get price down. Um, yeah. And just being involved in the community where, okay, so if you come in here and we listen to your whole story, then maybe you don't have to waste a lot of money going to a bunch of other people to try to have your story heard again. Maybe we can help you more effectively and efficiently here and now. So we do our best. (laughs) I I love it. And I think it's a great point of if I spend $10 in 10 different physicians office, rather than a hundred bucks in one, you know, you spend the same amount of money or, but you spent more time, let's be honest and more commuting time. And you've probably spent some, spent some money on the, on the tube. What do you call it? We call it tube in London. We call it a subway. Uh, the subway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the buses or yeah. car, petrol, you know, it's all that stuff adds up, you know, time away from yeah. work, time away from family, time away right. from your own stuff. You spent, right. not you to, spent that anyway. Yeah. And not to mention psychological time. Yeah. Every time you're meeting somebody and now you have to, there's so much that goes into opening up about your past. Meanwhile, all that person wants is to have a plan for the present and think about the future. But every time you go into a new doctor's office, it's like, okay, let's talk about the past again. Let's bring all this stuff up again. Okay, let me let, let me now get this person who hardly knows me and is now giving me infer, you know advice, now give me nocebos and things that might not be true. So there's the time and the money that's more material, but then there's also the psychological components of seeing so many different people. You mentioned about the mill or the conveyor belt and the system. What advice would you give to either young physicians, young coaches, young OTs, young doctors, Mm. you know, just kind of fresh into, into this thing, probably just got that qualification, first job, second job internship you know the whole spiel what advice would you give them this question (laughs) i love this question alex because things are so messed up right now and sometimes we don't feel like we're in control but we are we do have a lot of control if you take it so my advice is to take control of your scenario it took me a few years of jumping around through different mills and being put into you know i was just kind of like a circle trying to be put into a, a square you know, peg. Um, I said that backwards, but you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> I got you, but <laughs> you got me, but it took a while of, of learning and, um, a, a phrase that, um, I'm taking from Boo Shexinator. He just came and I loved it. It's called cockeyed progress. 
So, <laughs> so again, you're making progress. It might not be, you know, linear, but, but that's okay. But um, so this like cockeyed progress of, of seeing what's wrong to then also really feel what's right. And once you really feel what's right and you know what you're passionate about and you can take your personal experience and see what's needed in your community where you are, find people like you. A rising tide raises all ships. So the more that we, the system's going to be broken for a bit, but the more as people we can join together and do things like create a reload. We have amazing um, like uh, mentorships, like the First Principles of Movement mentorship and, and, and networks of people that are trying to challenge the status quo and make healthcare better. So find those people local to you and then work together to create your own spot. You need to make a cash base. Do you need to make, you know, make it small group training? You need to be creative. That's fine because you'll be passion driven. So stay passion driven, get creative. And if you're not finding a place where you fit, maybe you need to create your own space with people who think and are passionate, similar to you. Mm. And that's my advice. Yeah, we definitely look at it in one way, right? Even even mm. coaching, like you know, a personal trainer or a strength and conditioning coach or a CrossFit coach or a Zumba instructor or a Pilates or something, right? We look at it linear. Like, oh, I go work for someone. I'll do this for two years, you know, and then I'll go get a real job. Mm. It's like, well, why did you get in this in the first place? And most of the time it's because I want to help people, right? Not because you want to work, walk to work in your sneakers and your leggings or something. It's like, okay, right. cool. you, want, <laughs> you want to help people, mega. Yeah. Well, are you doing that? And if the answer is yes, kind of, maybe a little bit, I'm not really filling my cup, then you can shift. You can go somewhere else. And I love the idea of fucking make it yourself. Yeah. Like if you can't and you maybe you don't have the capital, you don't have the cash, that's all right because it's bloody expensive, as we know, right? That's yeah. okay. But if everybody complains that the system's broken and they feel like the only one out there treading water just look around there's other people mm. out there trying to do the same thing and be like hey how about we just convert a garage you know <laughs> yeah. let's, let's just convert a garage and start this thing. yeah yeah let's help our families let's help the teachers in our community let's just, just let's start small because mm. there's so many people that need help and need better education that they're not getting that's it education right yeah yeah, we a lot of the times we don't call the people who come in here patients. I guess we call we do call them clients, but we say they're students mm. because my job is to teach teach them. You know, I don't I don't want them to have to rely on me all the time. I do want their trust, and I do want a therapeutic use of self, and I do want to make sure they feel supported. But I want them to learn and learn independence and become empowered. So I want to teach. And there's so many people like that. You know, we're all us, all of us coaches, therapists, we're teachers. hundred percent, mate. It's and that thing. I'm, sorry, mate, go on. No, no, I was just going to say, that's what people need. Yeah. You just get me fired up here. Like <laughs> <laughs> people are learning something new from a class, from a one-on-one, from an encounter that we've had is, I think the vast majority of our job, yeah. you know, um, that post I put up yesterday of like, if your coach doesn't teach you something new, then nothing but a glorified cheerleader. 
it might have mm-hmm. rustled some feathers but fuck them like at the end of the day like <laughs> if you're completely dependent on me i'm doing you a disservice there's only one of me man there's only one of you you know like how many people are we going to be able to see a week if we completely burn ourselves out mm-hmm. it's in the grand scheme of things it's not that many people there's right. eight billion of us out there mm-hmm. you know we need to be able to teach them you know yeah. some of the bloody bastardized science thoughts poppycock out there you're like how did you come to this answer guys it's like, oh i right. heard it from this bro down the street i was like okay like would you follow him off a cliff probably not <laughs> let's yeah. come on guys yeah. let's, let's learn something about this this body right oh don't yeah. worry about it coach i'll be okay it's like you're hobbling mate why are you getting a barbell out right just, it's that yeah it's that education piece we do we are educators educators and facilitators and i think we need to do a better job of referring yeah yeah 100%. and just stepping into that stepping into all those resources because they're there for us so what's the answer mom the answer to how do we fix this <laughs> this mill this mill mm. and the system and the educational let's be honest the lack of it the yeah let's just churn over as many people as we can because they're just dollar signs rather than people yep i do have an answer mm. i do actually please or i have more questions but it's it's through this idea so it's said that we have a sedentary crisis right now right most of the world is sedentary that's where a lot of our physical problems are coming from. We all, it's also, we have a mental health crisis. We have all these different crises that are causing suffering. And these are the people that we're seeing day in and day out. I think that we have a soul crisis, a spiritual crisis. And I think that we have to all lean on each other and help the people that come to us figure out what is the meaning behind it all. Why, when, when people come and see me, it's like, okay, so you, you don't want your back to hurt. Why? Like, why don't you want your back to hurt? It's like, oh, well, I used to go to the gym. I didn't want to go. Now, like, I can't go to the gym. Okay, well, why does that matter to you? Well, I need to go to the gym because, you know, I, I do want to be fit. Okay, well, why does that matter to you? Well, if my back hurts, then I can't pick my daughter out of the crib. If I can't pick my daughter out of the crib, now I can't be a good father. There we go. That's what we need to find. And those are the conversations we need to have with people. So when somebody is going to the mill and having this very low value care, that's what we're missing, that sacred soul connection. When people come in and see me, in that moment, all that matters to me is that time with them. The connection that we have human to human, whatever that looks like that day. And I meet them wherever they're at. Sometimes people are as hippie hippy dippy as me and we have a fun time and that's great. Sometimes people aren't interested in that. And I yeah. come to that level too. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I think. You know, we say this soul spiritual crisis, it's not what you do every day that gives you meaning to your life. That is spirituality. So helping people find that and realize why it's so important that they move. Why is it so important that they use 
learn coping skills, like communication skills and proper language to describe how they're feeling. All of these things, it's so that they can live a more meaningful, better, happier, fulfilling life. And mm-hmm. as coaches, as therapists, as educators, that's that's really our main job. And I think that's the answer is leaning into the real humanistic side of helping somebody versus protocols and just unnecessary documentation and <laughs> things that we're trapped in right now that we think helping somebody is, but it doesn't actually give us the outcomes that we, that we need. Mm. So I do have more questions than answers about how to do that. And I've tried many different ways over my life and it's, and it's my life mission to continue to learn and keep asking questions but that's where my intent is heading personally and so that's really what we're doing here at reload too well mate i fucking love you for saying that i think it's all in one (laughs) pot you know i think we 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 disassociate the mind and body for so long and then it came to this you know let's use the word crisis you know whatever oh shit like the health of your mind what's this oh should we call it mental health oh yeah mega like we probably need to care about it you're like no shit Sherlock like come on now like this this is an obvious thing same with the body you're like oh okay cool now are they integrated probably yeah maybe Mm. we should like look at them synergistically rather than fucking as two separate entities and you're like all right mint and then you're like well there's also this squishy thing and this hippy dippy thing that isn't neither one of them we don't really know what it is and we can't touch it and see it and but we feel it on the daily and then it's also the connection between people and it creates all this thing you're like yes go on you're explaining what all these books say and what we feel every day you know this this spirit thing is like yeah mate, like it it's that it's who you are it's who they are it's who we are it's who she is he is like yes that's that's the whole complete package and if we disregard one we're gonna feel a little bit off we're gonna feel a little bit yeah. empty right we're like ah oh, one of us is one part of us is growing the other part is dying are we yeah. developing into a character that isn't me you know and i think we we have been i don't want to say programmed that sounds like a really strong way of putting it but we've definitely created this subconscious way of thinking of i'm going to seek an answer given to me rather than i'm going to seek a question to come up with my answer yeah. right and and acknowledge you might be wrong like fuck i'm more wrong than i am right man like it's unbelievable but hey we're out there swinging you know we're, we're, <laughs> we're figuring it yeah. out yeah you know? and have i think you, it's the um, question have you seen the work um by chris palmer chris you palmer, chris palmer? Ah, rings a bell. He's a, he's a psychologist, but this is just, a, I think, a, a good example of what you were saying. Like that, there are many people asking a lot of cool questions and doing a lot of research and helping people out of the box. And his whole thing, uh, he just wrote this book. Um, I finished it um, a couple months ago called Brain Energy, and his work is in showing that metabolic health and mental health are inseparable. And he is helping people who have schizophrenia through like helping their metabolic health. He does a lot through diet. He doesn't know. I don't think from, from my understanding, he doesn't know too much about strength and conditioning and and the powers within that. So he takes the diet route, but it really makes you think, Oh, somebody who 
has had this, this suffering for so long and they're changing their diet and now their mental health is changing. Huh. And things that it's like you hear somebody has schizophrenia. I mean, unfortunately, just from the demonization from movies and, and pop culture, it's like, oh, that's such a scary thing. But it's very real for people. Yeah. But but all these things that we all these we're just very challenged right now and thinking, oh, maybe they're all these things aren't so different. Maybe mental health and physical health and spiritual, maybe they aren't so siloed. Maybe they're all one and the same. So Chris is an example of that. What's your why? Hmm. My why. So growing up, I had a lot of issues with my own mental health. And I found that when I moved my body, I felt better. And I wasn't in a position to really be committed to any sport or anything like that. But when I could go on a run, when I could throw my body around in my backyard and teach myself gymnastics, I, I would seek out movement. And as I grew older, I realized that there were certain movements, whether it was yoga, going on long runs, uh, doing a, a challenging kind of CrossFit workout where my heart rate feels like it's the highest it's ever been in my life. And then I'm, and then I learned to control it yeah. and I, and it, taught me so much about that connection between mental health and physical health and made me so curious about it of, okay, these things that I'm feeling in my body, how can I use it to guide somebody else as well and help someone else? So when I became an occupational therapist, I was like, oh, this is, this is it. This is how I do it. Cause in OT school, we're, we're taught to be jack of all trades. We learn everything from neurology to sewing, to mental health, to physical disability stuff, to how to make an orthotic. We learn a little bit of everything, which is so cool. But um, once I started working, I was like, oh, it's that all that piece that I found that was such a drive to me is actually lost once I started working. And my why now is just to bring that back because we're taught under these really great notions of how to empower somebody. And then the actual action of it is lost. So my why is just to help people connect to moving again in a way that feels really good to them in a way where somebody can play for forever. You know, we're all just big kids and in the gym, you know, a lot of times it's just like, are you having fun? Yeah, we're doing serious things. Maybe you have chronic pain. Maybe, maybe you have depression. Maybe today sucks, but let's do something for this hour that you're having fun. And let me remind you of that and take care of this temple. That's your body. Cause this, you know, this, this life isn't a practice drill. This is it. <laughs> so really that's my why of just helping other people find that while I'm still, I'll continue to find it too. You know, be mm -hmm. curious with me, play with me. Let's all just help each other out. And that's, that's my why. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful why. And I think people, people definitely forget to have fun in the four walls of the gym. That is for damn yes. sure. You know, yeah, it's like, like it's so serious, especially in New York City. Everyone's like competing for something. And I'm like, come on, let's just have fun. <laughs> yeah. Let's just see a smile, guys. You know, yeah. It's probably uh well, it's definitely why I'll I'll talk too much shit. Like I'll tell too many jokes in a warm-up. 
just rip mm-hmm. into someone for the socks or the shoes or something, you know, just give somebody a little bit of shit. And the next thing you know, you're smiling or you give somebody a compliment at the end of a workout and you you find them that win, right? Bear in mind, yeah. they've, they've got it themselves. They've done the work. But you find that win, you highlight to them. They got a little bit of a smirk and a smile on their face. It's like, okay, sweet. Yeah. That could have been the yeah. first time they smiled that day. Yeah. Which is a scary thought. Yeah. That is. I have a question for you. Yes, miss. So you've had now, it's like 400 something podcasts? Something like that, yeah. Right? What's the biggest thing that you've learned and has it like reshaped your why and why you care about doing all these interviews? Because people are the same. Mm. It shows you, it shows me the same thing that coaching shows me of it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, your background. There's a lot more similarities in people than there are differences. And human beings have an innateness, which is quite beautiful. We most of the time know what's right and wrong. We most of the time know we want to help people in some sort of way and cause some sort of progress and build construction rather than destruction, right? Rather than destroy. And I learn a lot from talking to people. I'm pretty frigging dyslexic, mate. Like <laughs> if you give me a textbook, first of all, I'm looking everywhere. I'm like not looking at the book. And I'm probably reading those words wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not picking things <laughs> up. So talk, so talking to people kind of became a way that I ended up learning. Mm. Um, but one of the main reasons why I continue doing this is I remember why I started um, of just providing a place where people could be part of a conversation and they feel like their voice is heard. Um I don't write any questions down for a reason. I don't want to push any agendas. We go where we go. You know, you express yourself in the manner that you deem fit. Um, and there's always a seat at this table. You know, I think of this thing as a, just a huge table. And this, pull up a chair, man. I sit yeah. down, like, tell me about it. Like, I've not walked in your shoes. I've never lived in the States. I'm not a lady. You know, like, I'm not going to fucking know. You know, name all those things that are supposed to be those barriers and those boxes to separate us. I'm not going to know, you know, so please tell me about it. Let's let's have a conversation. Let's learn about it. You know, it started off with trying to bridge the gap between mental and physical health. Right. Pardon Mm -hmm. the point of the slogan. But it became a little bit more than that. You know, I learned from it. I definitely do. And I. I think it does highlight a lot of things for me of like, we're all just trying to do this thing called life. Yeah. We're yeah. all just trying to get through this somehow, you know, yeah. in any, yeah. may, any way we deem fit. And I yeah. do, I do think it's, it's an absolute frigging privilege. Yeah. Um, just a, just a, a young man from the West side of Manchester, blue collar mm. through and through <laughs> having conversations with, some very, very smart individuals from around the world, mm. yourself included. It's just like you wanna you wanna pass up 40 minutes of your time for me. All right, sweet. Let's let's do this, mate. Yeah. And I think it's so great. Like you scroll through and it's just in your podcast alone, 400 people, you know, whatever it is like you've interviewed. That's a pretty big room of people trying to be good. And yeah. with all the awful headlines that we see. 
it's good to be reminded of that and that your podcast exists, your podcast exists and you can go and click on somebody's story and be reminded of that 400 plus times is, is amazing. And I really think that cynicism is one of the biggest poisons yeah. and, and something like having this podcast and these conversations be out in the open and having, you know, your, your door be so big for all these conversations of, of uh, listening to people. That's, it's just a really important reminder of how good people are and how much just how great people are yeah <laughs> thank you mate like i really have i really don't care about headlines i don't care about mainstream media i stopped i stopped listening to it at 16 i made a conscious effort of like fuck those people like they don't know what yeah. it's like at home you know I got a bit of a disassociation when I'm obviously from England, right? Disassociation yeah. with the crown because I'm like, well, you never came up to the north, so you don't know what it's like. Mm. And I kind of, from a very early age, thought, well, how the hell are we supposed to know? Like, I've never <laughs> been, you've never been. I'm not supposed to know when I'm supposed to, like, just cast this judgment on everyone. I'm like, fuck that. Like, I'm going to go speak with the people. I'm going to go talk to yeah. the people, like the ground floor. Let's go kick a can down the road with these people from Samoa and let's go learn from, you know, Indonesia. Like let's go try and learn a different language and, and feel how they move. It's like, mm. no, like, I don't know, mate. Like let's go learn from the people, man of the people, yeah. mate. You know, that's, that's kind of my thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, back <laughs> in now. My head's going to grow. I'm not going to be able to get out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I got one last question before we leave. Sure. What are the three words you tell your younger self? Mm. You are okay. You said three words, right? Yeah, three words. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I tell I tell little little Mallory, you are okay. I'd I'd kiss the boo-boo. And tell her to go keep playing. I like that a lot. Mal, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Alex. This has fun. been an honor and a privilege, mate. Like, Yeah, right back at you. Really has been. So you are welcome at this table whenever you want. <laughs> you don't have to shout because I'll listen to your voice, you know, like you don't have to uh, – <laughs> You don't have to prove anything for your voice to be heard. This is a spot. Like, just fucking turn up, start talking. Talking any way you want. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. That's good, because I'm not not very good at yelling, so (laughs) that's good. That's all good, man. (laughs) I'll have to let you know, because I want to come into the gym. I'll have to let you know whenever I'm in and around New York. Please do. Come on in. Doors open. We'll get a good workout in, show you around. Good yeah, coffee, yeah, good workout, fun. job done. That's me. Good food. There we go. It's over. Some pizza. Mm. <laughs> Say the less. New, the New York experience. The New York experience. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's definitely a spot that I need to get myself <laughs> over to. So, yeah, the gym. The gym seems like it's fucking changing tides. It really, really does. Yeah. Um, I love everybody in one spot. I love the progressive mindset. I love the uh, preventative mindset as well as reactive, right? Yeah. And I love the personal approach. The personal approach to me uh, could bring me to tears. 
So I'm going to try and swiftly move on from that point. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll be sure to tell the team. Everyone's, you know, everyone's very passionate here about awesome. trying, trying to do our best. So. Tell my potty mouth blonde northerner thinks they're doing pretty good. So <laughs> carry on, carry on, Kathy. <laughs> Appreciate it, mate. All right, we'll talk soon, and uh, you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Awesome. Bye, everybody.